Hello and welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes and I'm your host. And if you're new to the podcast, the Embrace Your Destiny podcast is all about sharing the journeys of women who have been through a challenging time in their life, yet it's brought them to where they are today and that's in a much better place. And today my guest is Sharon Koenig. Sharon is a single mom of three and has homeschooled for 16 years. She has been a serial entrepreneur for nearly 25 years, helping people make more money in their businesses. As a life and online business coach, Sharon is passionate about helping people find the mental blocks that stop them from reaching their goals and the courage to go out and live the life they dream about through an inner mind concept that creates transformation, which helps people think differently and make more productive actions. She loves sharing strategies, empowerment, and inspiration through her live streams, through her live stream show every Wednesday and her Fearless Pursuit podcast. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you so much for having me here. Thanks for being here. And um, why don't we just dive right in and get you sharing the piece of your journey that you want to share today? Yes. Let's do it. Well, I, I guess let's get started with my journey. So thinking about, I don't even really, I'm not really sure what would be the best story. There are so many juicy stories, but the one thing that really just transformed my life most recently was my marriage, believe it or not. My, my marriage, marrying this man who was not my soulmate. Um, but, you know, when you're young, sometimes, you know, you make mistakes and you don't really realize who you are and what you need. So I had a loveless marriage. And over the years, we had three children together. Um, but he and I were very different people. And what I discovered was he did not really embrace life. And he wasn't as passionate about family and growing himself like I am. I, I feel absolutely passionate about that. And I fell in love with Tony Robbins many, many, many years ago, many decades ago when he was a young man. And this was after I had come out of homelessness and I needed that personal development. I needed to coach myself and get my mind out of, you know, feeling depressed and feeling like I was a nothing essentially. And my self-esteem was nowhere to be found. Right. So it was really bad, but um, you know, I, it was a good marriage in some ways because he was a good provider, you know, so financially we had everything and we were both entrepreneurs. As, as you said in the intro, I've been an entrepreneur for a very, very long time and it, it was like everything was so hard for him. In other words, his mindset, everything that he was thinking about, oh my God, I got to do this. I got to spend time with the kids. I, I don't know where anything is. I've got to do all of these things. So everything was always so hard and he was always in his head about hardship and depression. And, you know, and I'm always so happy. And I guess that's sort of my disposition. Right. You know, how some people just have that disposition. I, I have a middle girl too. She's 21. And she, I always used to call her sunshine girl because <laughs> I mean, you just wake up in the morning and she's just always that happy person. So I always say she got that from me. Right. <laughs> so I was always just that really happy person person. But then, you know, he, my ex-husband just, he could not see the good in anything and be grateful for anything. Mm. And there was no love. And eventually I wanted that love. I wanted to feel love. I mean, there I was, you know, in my late forties realizing, oh my God, I'm actually going to die <laughs> without knowing what love felt like, without knowing 
that I could go out and make my own dreams possible, make them come true. You know, so that was something that I was scared about. I was so absolutely scared to go out and live my own life and do the things I wanted to do because I felt like I'm I'm actually going to be breaking the family apart. Right. It'll be yeah. My fault. Everything is falling apart just because I want to go out and live my dreams. And I started Fearless Pursuits because of this, because I think, you know, we need to understand we only get one life. And I know we've heard this so many times, it's actually almost like a cliche, you know, you get one life, you know, you live it the best way that you can, but it's not a cliche. It's absolutely the truth. And there's so many people out there that want more out of life. They want to reach for the stars. They want to reach for the moon, but they're so scared. Yeah. and and I know that we as women in particular, we ha- we have like um, this innate ability to like feel guilt about our kids, you know, about going out and doing you know work that lights our soul up. Because then, what does that mean? We give it meaning. We we decide that well. I'm not going to be a good mom or I'm not going to be a good wife. And I'm not right. That something has to get sacrificed in order to have that true happiness and joy. Yes. And along the way, that's exactly what I felt. So I fought that for so many years to go out and, and, you know, ask for the divorce and go out and live my dreams. But it really just, I was going through this spiritual part too, where I was learning a lot more about quantum physics. I was learning more about how science incorporates the law of attraction. And, you know, because I didn't know whether that was real or not, you know, the vibrations that we feel. Right. But it's it's science backs it up. And so and I could not live the life I wanted as long as I stayed married to this man. So it meant so much to me to go out and live my dreams. And, and that's essentially what I'm doing as a single mom running a business. Right. And it's funny because, you know, you were saying that it's a cli- that cliche thing, you know, and I feel like when we we say things that sound cliche, it's because there is that element of truth to them, right? It's not cliches are cliches for a reason. It's because they are so, you know, in alignment with certain circumstances or certain situations in our life that that's the only thing that you can refer to is these cliches, you know? Right. Like, uh, find your why, find your why. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Talk about finding your why, but I mean, there's, <laughs> there's real truth to that. There, there totally is real truth to that. And I think that that's, um, that's what we need to, to really focus on is that we have to like all of these things about, you know, living your life on purpose and finding your joy and, you know, listening to your in- intuition and trusting your gut, all of these things, you know, they do sound very cliche, but there is truth to them. And I think that when we, you know, get out of our heads and really, you know, follow our hearts, that that makes such a huge difference. And that's exactly what I found. I mean, all of those years I was sitting in fear, you know, I knew that I wasn't living on purpose. I I, I wasn't going and doing the things that would light me up. I cer- certainly didn't feel loved and, you know, wasn't able to give all of my love. And now I am literally living a completely different life all because I, I went after my purpose. You know, I found what my why was and now everything is transformed. Yeah. Um, Sharon, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned in your experiences so far? 
Well, it really is live your life on purpose. It really is listen to your gut. It really is learning more spiritual ways to live your life, learning to know more about myself and what it is I needed. That Those things are what I essentially teach people because everyone is so scared. You know, what if I go and do this, then, you know, maybe someone else will get hurt. So there's always this fear, you know, and I realize that, you know, we have to go and do these things, even if we are scared, because sometimes our life depends upon it. I mean, we know, like, if you live a life without love, there's a great deal of stress that happens in your body and you age more. I mean, there's real science behind this, you know, not being able to give love or receive love. It's actually a human need. If I had stayed in that loveless marriage or not being able to pursue my spiritual beliefs and not being able to give value to the world because connection and contribution is a human need. This is something Tony Robbins talks about, which I was trained and certified under him. And this is something that's so important for all of us to really realize if we are not meeting our human needs, then we are shrinking to the size of someone who is basically insignificant in this world. Yeah. And it reminds me of that um, Marianne Williamson quote, right? About, you know, who are we to, you know, think small about ourselves because we are so amazing. And, um, and I think that that's, we forget that because there comes a point, you know, you're, when you're young, everything is great. And, you know, you get a lot of, well, in, if you're in the right, you know, kind of situation, you're getting a lot of positive reinforcement and things are amazing, but then some, somewhere along the lines, things stop, right? That it's time to get real. It's time to live in the real world and, and so you don't get that positive reinforcement anymore. And if you, you can get so stuck, you know what I mean? Because you can feel like you are constantly in your head, like you said, about things. You're constantly living in doubt. You're constantly living in fear when, you know, you can get to a point where you start to ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? And I think that once I got to that point of questioning my fears and being like, okay, so yeah, this is a fear of mine, but what is the worst that could happen? And if that happened, then what? You know what I mean? Is it something that I can't come back from? Or is it something that I will be able to find my way through and figure things out? Our minds are so incredibly powerful, and yet we just live our life in reaction mode. Yes. And we don't ask ourselves the right questions. I mean, you know, when a circumstance happens, you know, like, every single day in my life or whatever it was in your situation, you want to ask yourself, what meaning am I giving this? Right. And then am I living on purpose? Am I living out my dreams? And then, so someone could actually say, oh, well, aren't you being kind of selfish? See, and I think this is where we can get really, really screwed up, especially when we're talking to women. And I know your audience, a lot of your audience is women, and they might be going through a, a scenario at home in their divorce or in their, in their divorce, in their marriage rather, where they're, they're starting to think, you know, well, maybe I, I do want to get divorced, but then they've got this guilt because see, we get in our head. Yes. And Am I being selfish 
for wanting to go out and live my life. And I don't think it is selfish because it's like this, you know, when you're on an airplane and, and the airplane is like going down and it's going to crash, what do they tell you? They tell you to put the oxygen, oxygen mask on yourself first, first. right? Yeah. Before you give it to your kids, because the bottom line is that, you know, when we think about these marriages that are falling apart, for example, I mean, if you've done everything that you can, and my marriage was 20 years, so I'd say I, you know, we did a lot to, to find out that we weren't going to make it, but right. what is it doing to the kids yeah. So we've got to put the oxygen mask on ourselves and then stop getting stuck in our head and saying that it's selfish because it's not selfish. You've got to take care of yourself. It's the only life you've got. And then remember your kids because my kids are living a much better life today than they were before. Yeah. And, you know, I think that sometimes, and I've said it to clients as well, that, you know, selfishness is a good thing because when you're good, then that has a ripple effect for everybody else. So stop thinking of it like it's you're doing this for yourself and that's where it stops mm-hmm. because that's not the truth, right? Because as you said, when you're with your, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a sister, you, whatever it is, your relationships, when you are good, when you're at your best, then you can give your best to everybody else in your life. But when you're feeling that frustration or overwhelm and you're exhausted and you've got nothing, you know, then when people are asking you to do stuff, then there's that resentment and that bitterness and you're, you know, you want to give, but you can't. So to be able to give to yourself is the best thing that you can do, not only for yourself, but for everybody else. And that's true in a lot of ways, but we have to also be thinking about taking responsibility for our own thoughts. Yes. Because ultimately, you know, when we're talking about feeling frustrated or feeling stressed or all of those things that translates to arguments with our spouses or yep. partners, or, you know, you're, you're transferring your anger onto your child, for example, you know, we have to take responsibility for our own thoughts And we realize too that our thoughts always turn into feelings. And then we realize from there, it's the actions we take or don't take. And we can have all sorts of results from there. So it's important for us to, you know, yes, we can be selfish at the same time because we know that we have to be good to ourselves, especially when we're talking long-term effects on everybody around you. But we also have to take responsibility for our own thoughts and how we can control those thoughts so that we can have a better result in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that, yeah, being able to take responsibility for your thoughts and really become aware of those things, because a lot of it, it comes down to awareness too, right? To to really be able to, you know, ha- be triggered, but notice those triggers and find a, a different way to react to them so that you're not following, you know, these repetitive cycles and... and um, yeah, repeating the same issues. And I love what you say there about being triggered because we're we're triggered all the time, right? But you you got to self-coach, right? You've got to coach yeah. yourself. And this one question is, what meaning am I giving this? So the right. next time you're triggered, you know, ask yourself that question. And then that way you can coach yourself through it and take responsibility for whatever the result is, whatever the outcome is. Yeah. But it's it's um it's a work in progress, right? It, it is. <laughs> yes. Being a human is just that. We are all works in progress. Yeah, and there is no um and I think that being able to be patient with yourself and be kind to yourself when it comes to that stuff and not judge yourself mm. for some of the things that you're experiencing is so important because it is so easy to beat yourself up for some of the things that you know 
you know, you have an awareness that you can be doing better, but you're not quite there yet. And um, you can, yeah, almost sabotage yourself because you start to really beat up on yourself instead of, you know, acknowledging that, you know, yes, this is where I'm at. And I know, you know, I am a work in progress and I am trying to do my best and I'm just trying to be better than I was you know, the day before. And I love how the world is now getting to be more aware, right? Yes. And the thing is, you know, when we think about that, talking about judgment, you know, women are the worst about judgment, (laughs) right? The the mom guilt and then the, the judgment and we attack ourselves. We're just, we are so hard on ourselves. We just get stuck in our heads a lot more than men do. And this, we've got to stop this judgment and attacking ourselves. And this is where we can actually become more aware and say, okay, this is where I'm at and do some of that self-coaching. Yeah. Sharon, what advice would you give to somebody who's, who's struggling to, to find themselves, to give themselves permission to do what lights them up? Gosh, um, I think the biggest suggestion that I would give to them would actually be to get some kind of coaching, honestly, because we are our own worst enemies, like what we were just talking about. And, and, you know, you and I have been in this field for quite a while. I mean, I, I've actually, I was, I started out as a life coach five years ago, and now I've kind of moved into business as well because I've been an entrepreneur for so many years. So that's why it works for me. But the thing is, is even though you and I both know these things, I'm using my air quotes here. We, we know how to self-coach, but yet we're human and we realize that we falter. We realize that we still beat ourselves up. We still get stuck in our head. We still have negative thoughts that, you know, and you realize what happens when you have negative thoughts, right? You don't feel very yeah. good. You're, you're not vibrating at a really peak level where, you know, abundance comes to you. Um, and there's real science behind this. The thing is, is that we realize the power in coaching, someone that can actually help you with your mind, someone who can actually help you get out of your head and help you to control and condition your thoughts so that you can have a better outcome, you know, more uh, optimal feelings, for example. Because, you know, if we don't have someone that we can go to, you know, we're, we're just going to stay stuck and spiral in our head. I mean, when you think about the, the subconscious mind, it's working all the time. It never shuts down. It doesn't shut down even when you're sleeping. And then you have the reticular activating system, which is always matching up what it sees in, in uh, the conscious world with what you're saying in your subconscious. And so your subconscious mind is always saying, it was like a best friend. It says, yep, you're right. So if you, if you say, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm worthless, no one loves me because that's what I said over and over. And yep, no one loved me. My, my subconscious mind was like, yep, you're right. Yep. You're right. And I just got more and more of that. And I felt worse and worse. And same thing. Right. Because now you're actually looking for things that reinforce there that belief. There is a name for that. It's a real scientific name for that. And uh, forgive me, I don't actually know the name of it, but you know, the part of your brain that is working on that is always matching that up with reality. So that's yeah. the thing is the way that our minds work, we actually do need help. We cannot be an island. We cannot just go at this all by ourselves. We actually have to seek support. That's my one big piece of advice. Yeah. To get help in some way, shape or form, right? Yeah. I'm in Canada, right? And we have universal healthcare. And I always joke that it would be great if it covered um, 
therapy as well. <laughs> Not just, you know, health in a, in a physical sense, but in a mental aspect as well, because it is something that I think that everyone can can benefit from absolutely at one point or another. We need to have you know really strong mental and emotional well being. I mean, you think about someone who wants to lose weight, for example. You know, and what what is she saying in her head? Well, I've tried everything. I've tried that. That didn't work. And then so now, what is she doing? She's probably beating herself up. Right. Right. And so what we do is we, we don't have a really good, uh, emotional well-being about ourselves. And, you know, this follows us in everything that we do. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Everything. Yeah. Um, Sharon, any, any final thoughts, anything else that you feel like you want to share with the listeners? Yes. So for all of your listeners out there who are maybe unhappy with some part of their life, and I, I like to use the life wheel, which takes all of the different aspects of our life, you know, your financial, you know, your relationships, your your health, your fitness, all of those things into account. And, you know, you can take that test yourself and find out where you are. And you can easily see where you need to improve. If that's an area that you want to improve on, then you have to start asking yourself why you're not moving forward. You know, and typically when people are not moving forward, it has to do with some sort of fear, some where they don't have the courage of procrastinating. So I suggest that everyone do that test, first of all, and find out where they're weakest on, and then to ask themselves why they're not achieving those goals. You know, maybe they don't even you know, they're too afraid to even write those goals down because I don't know about you, but I think of the time when, um, I was really, really broke, you know, coming out of homelessness. I didn't even like going window shopping because I thought, well, I don't have any money. So why even go window shopping? So, you know, I had that stuck in my head. So, you know, why do these things? I'm never going to achieve it. I mean, it's, it's reality. Of course, I'm not going to make a million dollars. So why even have that goal? You know, of course, I'm not going to make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in my business. Why even try, you know? So when you're, you're saying these things in your head all the time, of course, you're not going to write the goal down. Of course, you're not going to do the things that you need to do. You know, maybe you've got a nine to five, but you want to get out of your nine to five. Maybe you want to get a raise, but you're too afraid to go and ask for the raise, you know, get some help with your, your self-esteem, build your confidence up, find out what you need to do to grow your mind and your mentally emotional well-being. Yeah, you know, I um, did a, I used to volunteer at a youth shelter and I would do workshops with them you know, on a monthly basis. And I remember one time deciding I was going to do the vision board workshop with them. And I remember there was one kid who was like, what is the point of doing this exercise? It's never going to happen. And I was like, but that, you have to let go of that thought. And I'm like, just do it. Just pretend like you're back, you know, when you were five or six years old and you were going through a catalog and you're just cutting out the things that you really want and you don't know how they're going to happen, but you're just going to put it out there. And I think that that's, um, but I remember when he said it, it stuck out to me because I mean, when I'm doing it, you know, with a group of women, they're all excited because they're signing up for it. And so, yeah, let's do it. Let's dream big and, you know, think about the things we want for our lives. But with that um, group of kids who are in a youth shelter, you know, they don't have a home, they're struggling, they're trying to find out. And the whole idea of dreaming big and even doing a bucket list were things that they 
they they couldn't even fathom thinking about, which was kind of it sad. It is sad. And what we know with the wealthiest, you know, the top 10%, the top 1% is they use a lot of visualization in their daily routine. They do yes. a lot of mindset practices talking about writing down their goals. Even if it's the same exact goal, they'll write it down a million times a day. They'll write it down every day. And, you know, you don't realize just how much work the mind really needs until, you know, you're falling apart, right? <laughs> and that's the thing is, right. you know, there's three stages of belief. The first stage is, I just don't believe this, non-belief. The second stage is possibility. Yeah, maybe it's possible. And the third stage is, I believe this will happen at some point. This will happen for me. And this is where we need to be. We, we literally can script our lives and create our lives on another level. But we have to do these daily practices with our mind because, you know, obviously these very wealthy people know something, right? <laughs> They're doing it. Right. When we see all these other people that are struggling, well, have you written your goals down? Do you visualize your dreams? No. Why should I? That's not going to happen to me. It's not possible for me. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, they're, they're focusing on limitations or so, and their self-perceived limitations, really. Right. The reality of their life. Yes. Yeah. Sharon, Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your wisdom today. For my listeners, you can check out the show notes and you can find where else to see what Sharon's up to so you can touch base with her if you want to learn more about her and what she's doing. Again, thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you, Sandra. And to the listeners, I will see you in a few weeks.